Yes, God, we worship you. Help us to have a life that glorifies you, that magnifies you. Whether by action or by word or by thought, that our lives would scream that you are worthy, God. That our lives would scream you are worthy of all praise, that you are good, that you are our strong tower we can run to when life is chaotic, God. There's nowhere else we can go. There's no one else we can cling to that's never changing, that's ever faithful. Help us to believe that, God. Speak to our hearts through your word today. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray and all God's people said, amen. Seems like there's always too much stuff to get set up here as we get going. Good morning to all of you. Is it a good morning? I hope so. And I just want to say a real quick thanks to Matt for that last uh, set of songs that, that really touches a great deal. And it's so important. And it fits in in a small way the, uh, the biblical portion of what we're going to do today. So let me say two things before we get started with this. First one is, even though he's not here, a great thank you to Lee for the opportunity to share from the pulpit. He's always been so good about that, to let other voices come from the pulpit. And uh, we have been praying for he and Kevin as they're in Cambodia, and we'll continue to do so till they get back. And the other one is just simply to, uh, it's not the title of what we're about today, but in a way it is, is, Hi. We're home. It's good to be here. Now, that's kind of how all this started coming together when Lee asked me if I could be available for today. I said, sure, and he said, you, you can preach. And very quickly, it became apparent that that's not really what I need to do today, and it became what we need to do today. We've been home for three weeks. Our time in Senegal has come to an official close, and so, you know, first Sunday we were here, visited with the folks in our Bible study class and just shared really the very brief highlights, seeing people in the hallway and so forth. But this is the first time to greet you all as our church family. And then last week, something occurred to Ann and I together, and that was, there's a lot of people here we don't know. Because in two years' time, you've been in the midst of it, and there have been new people coming, and you may have forgotten who was new two years ago, and we've been gone for more than two years. So that was what led us to come to the point today to say, we need to do, with a little bit of tongue-in-cheek apology, the family video, the slides of our vacation. Now, I know, I've been there, been there, done that, kind of going, oh, this is nice. Is it nearly over? But it helps to put into context who we are as your family in Christ and as members here, longtime members, and yet something happened a couple of years ago, and there we go. We'll put the first slide up there. Got the opportunity to minister at Dakar Academy in Dakar, Senegal. I won't go into all the old backstory that led up to that. There was a significant backstory, but with a little bit of, and I say that seriously, a little bit of prayer it was very obvious that it was the thing for us to do. And so we left in July of 2020 to go to Dakar. Go ahead to the next slide. That's just another one that shows a little bit of the school, a little bit of the, the kids out doing things. And then the next slide, and then we're going to pause. 
We also have a campus on the west side of town. The school has been in existence since the early 60s, and yet with the rapid growth of Dakar and a lot of other factors, a second campus was opened up on the west side of the city about four years ago. And then as we got there, I accepted the job of being the, the chaplain for the school. People that know, if I said chaplain, they, they know the frame of reference. And yet uh, some others don't, and they would be church-related kind of people. And I'd say, well, think of me as the pastor to the campus. And so I was Libra for the campus, as whatever that would be. Uh, we also had a Nathan for the campus. We had a student chaplain, and he and I worked together to minister to the faculty, to the families, to the students. But there was an unknown treasure, an unknown gift, unrealized gift, and that was this lady right here. Because one of the dreams and visions and almost a necessity was to consider praying about the opening up of a third campus. And due to the growth of Senegal in general in the, the Dakar metropolitan area, it was at the vision and dream stage. And as we got there and the administration began to learn about Anne and her, her, her skills and her gifts and her experiences in elementary education, she was asked to take the lead role in helping bring this to fruition. So with that, I'm going to move to the side and turn the podium over to her to share about our DA South campus. Yeah, I just want to say if you were here last year, last summer when we were home, which was only a couple of months ago, really, um, I shared the first part of DA South story, which was very incredible. And if you weren't here to hear it, you need to let me share it with you because it was incredible about how God worked this all together, all the way from giving us a school that was already there to me being there. I went as a tag along with Steve. And fortunately, I think if I had stayed a tag along, it would have been bad. By the end of the first semester, I had everything watched on Netflix. You know, I, I was just going crazy. But anyway, God knew that. Uh, the superintendent had a vision for DA South, and then I show up being a retired elementary principal. In fact, really, he was the only administrator on campus who had experience in administration. He asked me to open it. So that's what I did this last year. This is the school that God gave us. It's the SIM mission. They couldn't afford to maintain it anymore. And I'm sure you're looking at that going, oh my gosh, who sends their kids there? That's exactly what I thought of the first time I went. And it was not this trip, but it was in 2017 when we went to visit. So that's what I inherited to start a school. Go ahead, next one. That's the school building. That's what we got. And you can see it's not really inviting. All right, next one. This door right here was not the official front door of the school. It was kind of an emergency exit. But when I stood there looking at it, and I went, I uh know, -uh, that's going to be the front door of the school because I liked what it is. But you can see it's not very welcoming. And so this last year, I've been working with an A-team. I'll introduce them to you in a minute. And so we started school in September with this. Next slide. It looks really, really different. A lot of work has been done. All right, next one. All right, this is my A-team. You know, I got the fun job. I got to spend the money to buy everything, and it was somebody else's money, and I got to hire the teachers, which I love doing. And so this group right here, Brad on the left, he is the facilities manager. He's the one that led in doing massive updating, and they're still working on it. 
Deanna in the middle, she was in charge of housing because our teachers live there on campus in duplexes. This lady also is in charge of housing for the entire Dakar Academy. She had to get 50 apartments ready in the summertime. This woman is a miracle worker. And then on the right, that's Lou Edwards, and Lou is the director of DA South. I thought that I was going to be the director this school year, but God said, no, 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 you're not. I'm sending y'all Lou. And honestly, I was okay with that. So that's what I call my 18. That's who I worked with all this last year. Next one. This is just a picture of the chapel. If you remember that picture earlier, it was just this gray building where Brad went on and put this kind of stucco on the outside, which makes it look a lot nicer. We knew uh, we were hoping to have a lot of business students where parents will pay anywhere from thirteen dollars to $15,000 a year for their kids to go there. And we knew they would not go there if the buildings look like what they look like. I mean, that's just, I wouldn't either. All right, so this is the entrance to the chapel. This is on the right-hand side. This is the housing for all the people that work there. Uh, we've put in those rock uh, sidewalks. It was extremely muddy, and so they... These people live either in one or three bedroom apartments and they are like right next to each other. So not only do they work together, they can hear each other. I mean, they never get away from each other. And that takes special prayer, takes special people, right? And then of course, the reason why we did this was for the students. Let's go ahead to the next one. One thing that Dakar Academy does is if you're a secondary student, each student gets a Chromebook. And so we were able to get Chromebooks for our students. We only have 24 kids here this year. And so all of them are missionary kids. There's no business. And so usually what, we're not surprised because people want to see first if it's really going to happen. And so uh, elementary, there's one Chromebook for every two kiddos. All right? Of course, here are some of the kids playing. The campus looks gorgeous now because it's rainy season. I don't know if you get to see a dry season picture or not, but it's pretty depressing. But anyway, kids are out there playing. All right, this is the faculty and staff, except for a couple in the back. These are the people that I got to interview and hire and pray with and cry with and laugh with that are there. Dominique, the one in the front, is Nigerian. You know how God works? He applied, and it was really weird, y'all. People were not applying to teach, and so I'm sitting here going, God, really? You know, and so Dominique applied at the end. Well, Dominique's from Nigeria. And usually, this sounds horrible, so try to help understand what I'm trying to say. American schools overseas want to hire Americans to teach American curriculum. It's nothing against anybody. It's just that's the best. And so Dominique is from Nigeria, but he's been working in an American school in Abidjan. And he was the only person that had interviewed. I'd already had the other ones hired. So I look at Dominique as God knew that I probably would not have hired him because he was Nigeria, and God has said, okay, Ian, I'm not going to give you a choice. You're going to get Dominique, whether you know you need it or not. He is a precious man, and that's his wife, Rose. Okay, next slide. These are just some of the classrooms. See, all that stuff in there I got to buy. It was so fun. Keep going. Yep, here's some of our kids just Keep going. There's just pictures of kids in classrooms. There's, this is a kindergarten through second grade classroom that Dominique teaches. Just keep going. So you see, it's very much an American school. All right, now I want you to meet this little guy. <laughs> this is our campus pet. When I first went out there, there was a big one and a small one, and I heard about this, and all the kids were talking about it, and... 
All of the, we have some students at DA Central that had gone to this school as a boarding school before DA South got it. And so I met with all of them because, as you can imagine, there were some emotions. You know, we were the bad guys coming in, taking over their school, and a lot of people didn't know, no, we're not taking over. Your mission gave it to us. And, you know, anyway, they all wanted to know, well, what about the tortoise? And I said, oh, no, we're going to keep those, you know. But there's two. There's only one now. But anyway, I was standing to some dorm parents. They had some questions about Dakar Academy, standing on their front porch. And so I just look, and here comes this tortoise. And so I just went, oh, because you never know when you were going to see him. Because the campus is huge. It's like 10 acres. So, you know, you don't see him all the time. And so he's just walking. And so I'm talking to these parents. And I look down. And all of a sudden, this tortoise is trying to get into the apartment. And I went, oh, do y'all let this into your apartment? She's said, oh, no, he just comes for his daily apple. And so, anyway, unfortunately, the big tortoise has is, is gotten sick, and this is the little one, but he brings a lot of joy to a lot of people, all right? And we finished. We got it all done. You know, when Steve and I took the teachers to move out there and to see the joy and the excitement that they had being there and me standing back as a proud mom, you know, I'm birthing my baby, and... We drove out of the campus, and Uncle Steve and I went, we're done. This is, why I, this is why we're here. You know, you held a place open for somebody, and I was supposed to open this school. And, of course, they, we could have done something for Dakar Academy if we had stayed. Absolutely. But it didn't. We have family here. We have grandkids that we love. And so we said, we don't need to be here anymore. So we packed up. That's how we came home. And then... We felt welcomed. Oh, I'm sorry, my one story. She just remember the story. Okay. I was going to say, Tell oh my them. gosh, yes. You know, if you knew the beginning of the story, you knew these huge prayers and these huge things that God was doing. It was just amazing. And so that Sunday night before the students arrived on Monday morning, I said, I have got to see the first kid walk in this building. And when I do that, then it is definitely done. And so we spent the night. There's a guest house there. And I had worked the week before with this Dominique for two or three days just to make sure he understood what needed to be done. And so we became very, very close. In fact, he called me Ma. And so we went to spend the night. Well, their apartment was next to the guest house. And, of course, that weekend, Steve and I had started going through our stuff. What are we going to take home? What are we going to sell? What are we going to get rid of? And so I found a package of Scotch brand mountable tape. Now, if you're a teacher, you know what that is. That's two-sided tape that you can hang things on the wall legally. It was, I hadn't used it. And then I found some command hooks, and I went, oh, Dominique could use these. I said, I'm going to take them when we go. So I had them in this little bag, and we are unpacking and walking down that white gravel pathway, and he hears me, and he comes out, and he goes, hey, Ma. And I said, hey, I got something for you. So I'm just, you know, this, and I'm reaching in, and I hand it to him. And he's holding it, and the whole time he's like this. And so I'm thinking to myself, he doesn't really know what that is. <laughs> so anyway, I told him the whole story, why I brought it to him. And so I finished, and he looked up at me, and he went, Ma, do you really think God's good? And I went, absolutely. He said, because this morning I stood in a store looking at mountable tape, but I didn't have this piece about buying it. I knew I needed it, but I just said, okay, God, I won't buy it. And so he says, because God knew you were going to hand it to me. So what God said to me was, and I had the big picture. 
But I also have mountable tape for your teachers. And so I just felt that was God saying, let it go. Let it go. I've got it. Thank you, faithful servant. So it was a real blessing. Thank you for letting us take that moment. And I did feel like it was important, like I mentioned, because uh, even for those who were here two years ago when we shared about our call and the church has been so supportive, so encouraging in so many different ways, it's even good to re-remind those of you who were here then uh, how God brought all this together. And likewise with those of you who are new, uh, I look forward to getting to meet you and getting to know you a little bit better. The thing that we keep coming back to is this sense of completion. As Ann mentioned, her focus was getting the school open, and, and that Sunday that we were there, uh, and then the Monday we drove back to Dakar from the first day of school, that'll stay with us for quite a long time as a sense of completion. On my side of it, with my replacement, we started, for those of you, I don't know how many of you have had experience with hiring from a distance, uh, especially in this case, hiring uh, from the U.S. or Canada to come to a place like Dakar, you start that process pretty early. And so our, our superintendent and I, uh, my superintendent and I, we talked at length way back in the spring about my eventual replacement. And he knew of a gentleman who eventually was invited and did accept the, uh, the invitation to be the new chaplain, went through all the process and, and got him hired and he was scheduled to come out with his wife for our new faculty orientation in late July, which he did. And so back to my superintendent. During that interview time, he and I were talking, and the superintendent uh, wanted to make sure that there was a really good overlap between me leaving and him coming. He needed to learn the ropes, and he needed to learn how to live in a new country and that kind of thing. And so even though he never said it, my principal was kind of hinting that it, it, may, it may take up to a year for you to do this. And I'm thinking, yeah, right, maybe six months. Well, Robbie, my replacement, arrives. We start getting to know each other. And I had this insight after a few, maybe a week or so, this is not going to take maybe about two days to get him in place. Uh, he's a seasoned pastor from Mississippi. He was a director of missions uh, in their local association in their county. And so in the same way that God provided the great sense of closure for Anne and her ministry with South, God did the same thing with me. And so I don't know about you in your history of job changes, your professional work life, how many times you've had the sense of finishing well and the right thing to do at the right time. Maybe that's rare. I hope not. I hope that God's clear presence and, and clear leading has been a part of your changing of, of jobs, ministries, whatever. Uh, that was real important for us because we did sign another year's contract. Uh, officially, we were contracted through June of next year. And so technically, we broke our contract. And as we were talking to the superintendent, we kind of chuckled a little bit between ourselves and said, well, don't know that I'm going to be needing a letter of reference anytime soon. So, I, you know, but they were wonderful. They were missing us already for sure, but they totally understood. So that's the end of part one is just to show you and to say thank you so much for your support and for your, your being with us. Now, as we get to a biblical time here, 
again, I was talking, as I was talking with Lee, this is not a sermon. I'm not, I'm not sermonizing today. I've done that before. I may get the opportunity to do it again. It's more just some biblical thoughts that God has given me to, to help me, but as always, or at least I hope always, with a pastor who preaches, God speaks to them first and then they share out with you. Uh, it's thoughts that I want to share with you that I hope will, will help you as you meditate, think about it a little bit, think about your own lives because that's really what this is all about is how's God speaking to you. And through some reading and through a little bit of our experience, the title that you see on the screens behind is, is how I kind of put it together for me and for you today. Is the gospel truly good news for you, for me? Now, here's a little bit of that background. I, I'll flip back again to our going to Dakar. During my interview, the superintendent was asking me a lot of questions, getting to know me, and at one point fairly early in that interview, he started using the phrase, the centrality of the gospel. And so I, he may have even asked me, what does that mean to me? Or he may have even just said, this is what is so important to us. Either way, it's not that important. Uh, but I, I gave some feedback. And then I noticed, and I've reflected back on this, in that interview of about 30 minutes, he repeated that, thing, that phrase several times. Now, can I have a show of hands? If somebody repeats something several times, do you think it's important? Yes, we do. And I got that real quick, that that idea of centrality of the gospel was just really, really important to him personally as the leader of the school and the school. Now, a little confession. I thought I knew what he was talking about. And, you know, I've grown up in church. I've got seminary degrees. But I had to go back and do a little bit of refreshing. And so what he was saying basically was, Dakar Academy has a robust, thriving all kind of, not all-encompassing, but a very robust and very comprehensive Bible curriculum from K through 12. And I've looked at some of the 12th grade materials, and I'm not sure I could pass the class. It's pretty, it's pretty stout stuff. And it goes that way through all the curriculum. We have a thriving youth ministry on the campus. They have youth gatherings each week. They have great speakers that come and share the gospel. But also there's a wide variety of faith traditions represented in Dakar among the, the missionary community. So if you know much about the various faith traditions, probably those are all represented at some place. And it, it runs a spectrum. We really don't have any, any classic liberal Christians on campus or in that community. But there are degrees of liberalism versus hard conservatism. My point is, it, there's a wide variety. And so what Rob, my superintendent, was saying is, whatever you do, Steve, in your sharing and in your leading, and my student chaplain as well, keep the gospel front and center. Don't get swayed away to one side or the other, which is easy to do if you're not careful. Gospel front and center. And so that is what brought me to this point of thinking well, what exactly is the gospel? What is the gospel? And most importantly, or equally importantly, what difference does our understanding of the gospel make in our lives today? And that's why I came with this title of, Is the Gospel Good News for You? Now, when you look in the Bible, you can find references to the gospel, the word gospel, in a lot of different places. I believe we have 
Now, let's go ahead and put that up there. There we go. Here's something from Paul, Romans 1.16. And my reading is, let's see if I did the same thing. Yeah, I put in my reading the New Living Translation, uh, which does not use the word gospel, but it uses the meaning of it. Paul says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel or this good news about Christ. It's the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentiles. And in 1 Corinthians 2.2, for I decided to, while I was with you, I would forget everything else except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. And then the noted theologian and pastor and writer R.C. Sproul said the following, at the heart of this gospel was the announcement of who Jesus was and what he had accomplished in his lifetime. Now, in the New Testament, as you read in the, as you read study in your your uh, commentaries and so forth, you'll find that there, the Greek word that became gospel is literally the word, the two words, good news. And so the good news that the New Testament church was expressing to themselves and to the world around them was very simple, that Jesus died for our sins, that we now have forgiveness of our sins through his death on the cross, and that through life in Jesus, we now have abundant life. And it was such good news that it was almost like, let's, let's, let's use a little bit of a, of a Alito Bearcat example if I could. Can I get a Alito? Anyway. Imagine that you are visiting from another town, and you come to Alito, and you go to the diner over here or the Valero, and you're sitting there, and it's on a Saturday in December, and all of a sudden, somebody just bursts in and says, I've got the greatest news. You're just not going to believe it. Alito won their 58th state championship. And so you're from somewhere else. And, of course, the crowd in the, in the diner just explodes. They're going, yay, I didn't know. It's great. It's wonderful. But you're from out of town. And so your first response is, what are you talking about? I don't have any clue what you're talking about. That doesn't mean anything to me. You know, I'm from somewhere else. I'm I'm happy for you, but it doesn't have any meaning for me. Now, translate that back into New Testament days. There was something that took place, something real that took place. It really, really happened. And to those early Christians, it really was news. It was something that had never happened before. And... It made all the difference in their lives because of the truth of it and their acceptance of it. It really was news, and it really, really was good. So why would it have been good? Well, think back to the backstory here. For millennia, and I think that's very safe to say, for millennia, people knew that they were sinners. And for millennia, they knew that there was nothing that they could do to have their sins forgiven. And for millennia, they knew that there was no way that they could appease God. Did they try? Absolutely. They tried time after time after time, after this way, after that way, after so many different ways to find and to get forgiveness for their sins. And then they hear these people talking about this good news. There is a way. 
There is a way for your sins to be forgiven. There is a way for you to have the life with God that you were meant to have. Let me tell you about it. And so truly, when we hear and read Paul's words, other words that talk about the gospel, that it was good, good news. And that's what brings me to the first question that we have to ask ourselves. Is that gospel, is that good news that there is salvation in Christ true for you? Is it true for me? I suspect that in, in a crowd like this, in a church like this, if it's not 100% true among the, the knowledgeable adults, it's close. But what about our friends? What about our families? And that's where the word evangelism, and that's where the word, the concept of evangelism, of just telling others that good news, that there is a way to have your sins forgiven. And my goodness, are we living in a world now of bad news, false news, fake news, all sorts of news. We need good news now more than we ever have in, ever before. And so this word, good news, gospel, is such an important thing. And it's something for us to, if we have accepted that good news, now it's time for us to reflect on it and say, God, thank you. Thank you that that is good for me. Don't let me keep it to myself. I want to share that good news with others. But then the second question that comes to mind, and this is one I think that maybe all of us need to reflect on, or we, we could benefit by reflecting on a little bit more. And that's the idea that it's not just good news for the future. It's not good, just good news that because my sins are forgiven, I will now be able to live in eternity with God the Father and God the Son and God the Spirit. But it's good news for right now. Think about that phrase that I didn't give you the reference on, but it's phrased out of the book of John. Jesus says, I've come to give you life and life in all of its fullness. He calls it abundant life. And I think that's where many of us as Christians maybe are struggling just a little bit that we have no question at all about the future result of our good news. But what about the here and now? What about the, the good news that we can have a full and abundant life? And I think maybe we, we are not really as cognizant of that as we should be. Now, does that mean that there will be no difficulties? Does a, is a, does a rich and full and abundant life mean there will never be any difficulties? Absolutely not. Jesus himself even said, in this world you'll have persecution, but I am with you. That's the full and abundant life, is him being with us in all of that that gets us through, and then that becomes also that witnessing point. So the good news puts that old story of hopelessness and helplessness and futility into a whole different context. The good news gives us a future that was previously out of reach, but now is in our grasp and that abundant life here and now. And so when my director says we need to focus on the centrality of the gospel, it's that good news. That's it in a nutshell. Now, are there more nuances? Absolutely. But if I had to, to share what is the gospel with someone who is asking, that's, for me, the best way to start. And that's what Paul said in that slide we showed just earlier in his, as he was talking about his mission. He resolved to do nothing but the good news, to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what we are doing here at Church at the Crossing.
is to keep that as our central focus. And so I close simply with those two questions again. Is the gospel truly good news for you in the sense that you know and you've accepted that Jesus died for your sins and that you have eternal life coming and you have it now? And is your life full and abundant as the gospel says that it can be? I hope that's the case, and I hope this gives you something to think about and just to chew on and meditate on wherever you are in your life circumstances right now. I was talking with a friend just before church this morning and sharing about being in the seasons of life. We are all in a season. As he shared, we're either exiting a season or we're entering a season. We're all in seasons of life. So wherever you are in your season of life right now, reflect a little bit on where am I in thinking about the, the fullness and the abundance of my life in Christ? And there are ways that we can grow closer to him, and that is my prayer for all of us. Let's pray now before we have our offering and our closing song. Father, we thank you so much, Ann and I do personally, that we have this opportunity to share with our family here how you led us to minister in Senegal those years ago how you brought that to a, a fruitful close and, a, and a, uh, a very welcome close, a place where we knew that without a doubt that it was time to wrap that up. And through that all, this church has been such a support to us. Very grateful for that. And we can't say thank you enough to, for each. And Lord, as we talked a little bit about that word that for that first church, that first century church was the word that they said was good news. I pray, I thank you for those who are already in the family of Christ and that they have accepted that good news. Give us the burden and the awareness to share that good news with others who are struggling, but also for that full and abundant life that we can have. I pray that we will allow you to mold us and shape us, to grow us closer to you and closer to who you want us to be in Christ. Thank you, Lord, as we close this time together. We pray all this in your name.